We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back in to another episode of the Royals Farm Report podcast. My name is Alex Duvall. I'm joined, as always, tonight by Joel Penfield. Joel, love the hat. I don't know if you saw the new, they're like white, um, the new ones he released. I don't know if it was today, but they were they were pretty cool looking. So, love the hat. Welcome back. Uh, how we doing? Hanging in there, man. I had a sick kid over the weekend, so that made things uh, made things a little difficult here. But, you know, we're, we're getting through it. And uh, March Madness was awesome today. You got more baseball coming up uh, this weekend. Pokes are hot. 11 straight wins swept Kansas. So feeling good right now. Outstanding. I thought Mizzou had a chance to help their regional bid out today and decided to drop one late to Arkansas. So they will be in a fight all year, I have a feeling. Uh, Josh, how are we doing? I love that hat, by the way. Yeah, just got a got a great, yeah, a great hat game this week, apparently. But uh, yeah, doing good. Did uh, Took advantage of the semi-nice weather today. Had a yard work day. So mm. Uh, my body's That's, feeling it so far. That is like the most, <laughs> like that is the day I look forward to the least all spring. And yeah. I never feel so good as to when you're done, right? You look around, oh, yeah. everything looks beautiful. It's like, I, I always hate like the anticipation of that day, but the mm. after feeling of the yard work day in the spring is, is outstanding. It's fantastic. We did, um, uh, did some stick burning. So my eyes might be a little bloodshot from the smoke. We'll see. We'll see how that all turns out. Yep. Little, it's a little bonfire. Hey, it's a bonfire. I swear to God. Yeah. Yeah. You and me yes, both. I was I'm so hungry I right now. Had a, had a bonfire and some Doritos earlier. So well, <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, I show is brought to you guys as always by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning, KCSC Home Field out in Olathe, the home of Scott Barlow this past offseason, baseball, softball of all ages. If you've got a kid, needs help with their baseball training, check out Kansas City Strength and Conditioning at home field in Olathe. Uh, really quick, did you guys see the Cattell Marte extension? I did five for 76 with a bad Diamondbacks team. <laughs> five for 76, and here's my thing with this is what I want to get into really quick before we start. Andrew Benintendi extension now, four for 60, five for 75, seems like an overpay in my opinion. Yeah, I... I, I think with the guys that you have available, I what are the odds that Kyle Isbell gives you similar production? Yeah. At a cheaper price. I think he can. And I think Nick Lawson can. I think Edward Olivares in a pinch probably can at least give you about 80% of that. And let Andrew Benintendi, you know, I hope he goes out and has a good year. You know, as the late great Therese Paler would say, the contract year is undefeated. I hope he goes out, balls out, and goes and gets breaded up somewhere else. But one more year in Kansas City is fine, but I don't think it's worth the extension. No, yep. especially uh, I will say I was I was with you. I was a definite no up until today. Five for seventy six. That means so what you're talking about about fifteen a year. And Cattell Marte has a seven win season under his belt. He was worth three and half a season last year. I mean Andrew Benintendi's not particularly close to that now. Cattell Marte defensively is a nightmare, but. Um, they move him back to the infield and he's not so bad. I, I really think that that is the absolute maximum you could anticipate for Andrew Benintendi. And I am in no way, wait, no way, shape or form ready to give him five years. So if Benintendi wanted to sign for three and 45, that'd be the absolute max I would go to. 
But anyway, uh, Cattell Marte just signed that extension. Wanted to bring that up really quick. Josh, do you have any thoughts? I know you were kind of iffy on Andrew Benintendi extension as well for the most part. But does this extension for Marte change your mind? No, uh, not really. I mean, it, it, the the interesting thing about the the Marte part is how many times people were trying to offload him in trades this last offseason. Seemed like he was being brought up in just about every conversation that could be had, especially with Royals needing some kind of uh, outfield depth, uh, if you will. But yeah, I mentioned this on One World Royal Way with Joel this last week. Is is Isbell? I, it feels like he's the same profile, more or less, than Benatendi. Um, if Benatendi jumps off the page at us this year, then maybe we can revisit it, and his price probably goes up, and all of that, all that jazz. So, uh, uh, in the end, it feels like it's more like a. 35, 40% chance that, that Dayton Moore and Piccolo extend something like that. Um, obviously, they like him and they traded for him, so it wouldn't surprise me one bit if they wanted to keep him around for a long term, but um, I'm kind of out on it at the moment. Is it too far ahead? This is probably way too hyperbolic, but it, the way I look at it, the more money you give to Andrew Benintendi, the less you can try and give to Bobby Wood Jr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, I mean, that has to be a consideration. No, it yeah, has to be like, a consideration. I would, on. if Similar it means timeline. that, like, in two years, we can give Bobby Wood Jr. some stupid extension to stay in Kansas City for as long as he wants, you can't spend money on a guy like Andrew Benintendi. You, so, if we're to, operating under that assumption, we can't spend towards any kind of contention window then either. You probably could, but you also, I think, have the horses right now where you can really have a yeah. build from within core to go and win. That yep. kind of remains to be seen, but it seems like that's the case right now. That you have yeah. that the types of dudes in place to be able to do that, and then do what those fourteen the fourteen fifteen teams didn't spend a ton. You were you got Ed, Edison Volquez, Alex Rios, and Chris Young, and you got the absolute most out of those guys. Now 100%. striking gold like that on the free agent market is super rare, and the fact they were able to get you know the the value they did out of those guys is like an outlier, mm. but there's precedent for being able to do that in Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, you know, I, I do think, I don't think it stops them from spending, but I do think that from now on every extension you make, like you can't have a, like, let's say Hunter Dozier doesn't rebound in full. Like you can't make mistakes like that. And so you just have to be way more careful. Um, if you have any prayer of extending Bobby Wood Jr. Like Joel said, you do have to be more careful and, you know, moves like extending Ben Attendee and then not getting, you know, a three to four win player every year is the kind of mistake that, that does get in the way of that. And we are years away from that, I would imagine. I, I don't think Bobby Witt Jr. is the type of player who will or needs to sign an extension really early. Uh, the Royals should absolutely be trying. Yeah. I just don't know that it'll happen. So we're years away, but that is, I, I agree. Every mistake you make, it, it decreases the probability of that happening. So, um, Getting back to the minor league side of things tonight, we are going to do a little bit of a fantasy league here, a little three-team league um, between myself, Josh, and Joel. And that will move um, all year throughout the minor league and major league season. We are going to include major league uh, service time, major league games for this league. So if you listen to the podcast most recently, uh, our, our most recent draft where we drafted um, – potential leaders in specific categories. We're not counting major league time. So that was kind of a caveat to that, but I want to read you really quick how the league will work um, for our fantasy league this year. And we'll post updates on it. I will post probably every Monday on the off day. I'll post like a little snippet about how the league is going, but just for a little entertainment value here, um, here's how this is going to work. So um, the hitter, the player must start in the minor league. So like if Jackson Coar makes the big league opening day roster, he is ineligible. Uh, we're going to draft 10 players, five hitters, three starters, a reliever, and then a flex pitcher. Um, five points for every home run, three for a triple, two for a double, one for a single, um, one point for a walk, minus one for a strikeout, two points for a stolen base, one point for an RBI, uh, one point for a pitcher win, two points for every strikeout, minus one for every walk, plus five for a quality start, plus five for every 10 innings pitched, and plus two for a save. I shuffled the draft order uh, before we got into it. The order will go myself, Josh, and then Joel, and then we will snake around. Um, so the problem with picking number one is I think I know who the most obvious answer will be, 
but, but I'm afraid that MJ <laughs> Melendez is going to wind up on the opening day roster. I really have Ooh. been intrigued by his usage. Mm. Um, I am concerned that he will start on the opening day roster. I really don't like, um, you know, the situation he's in. And I'm also afraid that if he makes the big leagues, that he won't produce like guys who are in the minors all year. Right. And so with the first overall pick in our 2022 fantasy league draft, I am going to take Brewer Hicklin. Mm. Okay. That is, Let's I go. Know, probably surprising, but I think Brewer Hicklin spends most of his time this year in Omaha, where it is a very hitter friendly park. Mm-hmm. He's going to steal a lot of bases. He walks a lot. He hits a lot of, for a lot of power. Um, I think Brewer Hicklin is a surprise runaway favorite for league MVP this year, just because of all the different things he can do. You know I how I feel about I Brewer Hicklin. I love Brewer Hicklin. the The K's might be an issue, but I, I, I mean that's just a that's just a small hampering of that skill set. I love I love his skill set, so I love it. Uh, Josh, you are you are up in our very our first annual draft. Yeah, I I it's awful mm-hmm. tempting to to go with Melendez. Like you said, there are reservations. The guy that I'm probably the most comfortable with putting up big numbers in this format and probably sticking around quite a bit in the minors this season. I think I got to go Nick Prado in that situation. We've talked multiple times about the log jam there at first base on the major league level. We might talk a little bit about uh, other guys that might leapfrog him to, uh, to get to the major leagues at this point. Um, we might've talked about it already, but um, Nick Prado seems like a pretty solid guy to put up big walk numbers, big uh, home run numbers and plenty of extra bases. So uh, I'm taking Nick Prado. All right, Joel, you have two picks as we snake around here. Cool. I'm going to go right away. I'm going to go with Vinny uh, just because I know he's going to do a, like, he's not going to the stolen bases. I'm pretty much like I'm punting that stat line, but I know he's not going to strike out a lot. So I know I'm not going to lose a lot of points. He's going to walk enough that it worked the home run and he's going to hit a lot of doubles to go with the home run. So I know that I'm going to get a lot of hits with it. Uh, so I'll, I'll go there, um, go bat first. And then as we snake around, I'm going to go with Ace Lacey. I am like drinking. I am like chugging gallons of the Ace Lacey Kool-Aid right now. The, the videos that were posted, I, I wish I could credit who it was. I can't think of his name right off the, the top, but Josh Norris. Thank you. Yep. The clips he was posting of Lacey, his motion, like his pitching motion looked a lot more fluid. He looked more fluid through his delivery. He looked kind of herky-jerky last year, I'm sure, some due to some of the injuries. But he was up to 99 with the wipeout secondaries that he has. He's He might pitch in the big leagues, but he's going to throw some of the, the some of those pitches he was doing. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree at all. He Those change-ups he was throwing were sick, yeah. and the development of that pitch will be – will be massive for him. I agree mm-hmm. full uh, wholeheartedly there. Uh, Josh, you are up. And the other two guys that I was thinking about with the first overall pick are still on the board. So I'm interested to see who you go with here because I might get both of them. Yeah, I think there's a good chance of that because I'm going to go – I'm going to stick with pitcher here. Um, guy has been showing really well in spring training so far. I think he's pitched – he pit, debuted last, uh, last year, pitched really well. I'm going to go Angel Zerpa. Uh, I feel like that quality start, those five points per quality starts, is going to really help out uh, with with his uh, usage and his scoring here. So I think he starts in Omaha, probably doesn't make it up to the major leagues a ton this year, but he showed that he can handle major league time too. Yep. So uh, I love me some Zerpa this year. That is an outstanding pick, and I don't know how I feel about it from a fantasy standpoint. Let's stop and talk about Angel Zerpa real quick. Um he by far looks the most comfortable against big league hitters among like this young group. Like yeah, Jackson Coar, Daniel Lynch, and, and even Brady Singer at times just look uncomfortable. Like it doesn't look natural. It looks robotic. It looks mechanic and practiced. It's like, where's the, you know, there's some like, we need more fluidity in, in some of this. Mm. I think Chris Bubich actually does a good job of that. Yeah. He just doesn't have the, the same kind of stuff. Angel Zerpa looks like he belongs. And I'm not yep. saying that Angel Zerpa is going to be the best of the bunch, but would it really surprise you at this point? I mean, 
The kid throws upper nine. He can hit in the upper nineties. Sits in the mids. Uh, wipeout slider. Good changeup. Great pitchability. And I think the sign, like when you, if you if you talk about like the first sign that a that a pitcher is going to play in the big leagues, he came up last year and was throwing fastballs by guys, mm. which tells me that they're not picking it up great. That there's something there. There's at least some level of deception. He's a, he really is a guy that strikes me as the as has the ability to pitch in a big league rotation for a long time. So mm-hmm. again, from a fantasy standpoint, I'm actually awful at fantasy baseball, like comics. <laughs> <Same. awful. laughs> um, but I think it's because Josh, I think of the way baseball, the way you picked Zerpa there is I don't know what kind of fantasy impact he'd have, but he is an outstanding young pitcher that even if this doesn't work out for you in this little draft we're doing, I am really excited to see if he can make it into the big league rotation for mm-hmm. any amount of time this year. Yep. I, I uh, might have a, a bold take about on Zerpa coming up on one Royal way later this week. So okay. be sure to check that out. Like I it. am excited about that. Thanks for teasing that. By Ooh. the way, now I'm going to be paying attention all week until we can get to that. <laughs> Edge versus um, I am taking the other two guys I considered with the first pick. And now I feel really good about where I'm at. I'm taking Michael Massey and Nick Lofton as we snake Ooh, back around. And now I'm feeling really good about where I'm at offensively with Hicklin massey and lofton um that's i'm loving it thanks guys <laughs> well you know um, how you know how i feel about massey i, I got him in the uh, stat leaders for hits across the organization might have been the first pick in that category too so i think that'll that'll definitely eat for sure josh you are back up and mj melendez is still on the board yep um i mean that's pretty that's pretty pretty juicy um Let's do it. Let's go Melendez. Why not? It, it, I, I think the odds are still somewhat against him for making that opening day roster. So, again, I'm kind of walking that razor-thin line between absolute uh, dynamite pick upside-wise and absolute huge downside if he uh, within the rules of this game. But I just, I just love him. He's just all-around great. He seems major league ready, but I can totally understand if they want to send him down to Omaha to start, like season a little bit more he didn't have a ton of time there in Omaha last year um so if they want to make sure that he's comfortable and ready to hit the hit the ground running when he get, does make his debut then I'm all for it so give me uh give me a MJ that would be a great value pick if he does start the yep. year in Omaha uh yep. Joel you are up yeah I'm gonna go with Michael Garcia I know he's in hit for he's the hit tool is good enough I don't think he's gonna hit a lot of home runs but there's enough gap power there that he's gonna hit some doubles and he's gonna steal some bags mm-hmm. so I'll I'll go there and then I'm I gotta go with one of my guys here. I can go Tucker Bradley for the same reason. Dude just hits. And if he can go to uh he'd be go he go to double A this year, mm-hmm. Northwest Arkansas yeah. in the Texas League. Ball flies in the Texas League. There's some band boxes there. Uh he certainly can tap into a little more of the power that I think is in there. And dude just hits. I, I gotta go there. It's a good pick. I'm going to stick. I'm going to come back and grab another lefty for my uh, my starting rotation. We talked about him a little bit because there are some interesting reports coming in right before we got on air. As Drew Parrish is hitting upper 90s right now, um, his his K percentage and his walk percentage were really really strong last year. Considering you know he was still two years behind most of the guys in Double A last year, so I feel like we've talked about Drew a lot on this podcast the last few like a month or so. I think we're all pretty gassed up about his potential, but if he's hitting upper nineties, that is bonkers. And he's got super upside all of a sudden. So give me Drew Parrish to, to be the second starter of this rotation. It's a good pick. That's who I was going to take. So give me a minute to re recalibrate here. <laughs> uh, it's a really good pick. I, I feel like he can also, he's also going to put up some, some quality starts as well. So I feel really good oh, having yeah. Zerpa and, and, and uh, Parrish kind of, with that yeah i really like my hitters and i don't have any oh i'm gonna go anthony veneciano Mm. Ah. i'm gonna take the 2021 strikeout leader uh in the royals organization and then i'm kind of looking through my board here i'm stuck between two guys i guess i have to have one reliever so after veneciano i'm going to take do i even need to say it or do you guys know no no william yeah, young Bill, Bill Klein. <laughs> oh, <Old> Bill. <laughs> so, okay, there's my, there's two pitchers. I feel better about where I'm at, although there's a couple of bats I left on the board that I'm not thrilled about leaving on the board. So well, hopefully they're hopefully they'll still be there when we get back around. 
One uh, of them Josh. is not, and that is Seuli Matias. Yeah. We got those home run balls between him, Prado, and Melendez. I got home runs on lock, baby. And there's a chance, by the way, that he starts in double A where I think he will hit 50 home runs. I mean, why? I, I think he does, right? I think he does start in double A because he didn't necessarily show he was ready for triple A last year. No, that, I think there's a really good chance. Now, you're going to have to deal with the strikeouts. The strikeouts 100%. are going to be problematic. Did I say minus one or minus two for strikeouts? It's minus one. one. Minus one. So, He's gonna strike out a ton. You're gonna mm-hmm. have to deal with that. It's gonna wipe out his singles probably. I mean, he'll he'll probably strike out more than he hits singles, and it might even catch up to the doubles. But he might hit 50 home runs, which between him, Melendez, and Prado, if they get any significant minor league time, you're going to rack up the um, the home run tally there. So that's a good pick. Well, his he also has a pretty solid walk rate, 8.6. So uh, you, you, that's also the like the unsung hero between the three of these dudes is all of them have really good walk rate walk rates. So hopefully that is enough to cancel out or do a good job denting into those those strikeouts that he's going to rack up for sure. Yeah, that's well done, uh, Joel. You got two. Ooh, man, we're getting slim pickings just a little bit. Um, but I'm going to go with a guy that I think is going to start in AAA, uh, but I know that I'll get some big league stats with it too. I'm going to go with John Heasley because yeah. I know I'm going to get quality stuff out of him when he goes to AAA. He has struggled a little bit in spring training with the big league club. Some of it's some bad luck, but he, he, did, he did get hit hard a little bit. I think maybe a little bit more seasoning, and I think he'll be he'll be good to go and be a, a – I think he'd be a really solid big league reliever. Still might get the chance to start a little bit this year, but that, that's where I'm going to go with that pick. Well, and he threw like 120 innings, so if, yeah, you can get, so if you can get the innings, I mean, he's going to throw a lot. Um, oh, yeah. So so just the innings, I mean, ten, five points for every 10 innings he throws is is good value there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I'm going to go with KLM Schaff because I know he's going to hit some nukes. That's a good pick. Period. <laughs> yeah, end, end of statement. Full stop. <laughs> My only thing with him, because I thought about him in the third round when I took Lofton, is they they really didn't play him at dh a ton last year like it seemed like he and omar hernandez didn't split that time at dh kind of like Rivero and melendez always did so i'm hoping he plays more but if he plays more he might i mean he's got 30 home run power now i'm not saying he'll hit yeah. 30 home runs but he's absolutely capable if he can come around um on playing time and cut down on strikeouts which would be a massive uh a pickup there in the sixth round mm. uh, josh you are up with your sixth pick Trying to find what was kind of coming off here. I think I think I'm going to go reliever here. We've talked, you know, a lot about Will Klein. We've talked a lot about Dylan Coleman, but the other guy that we haven't talked about also going to be in the running for the same type of reason is John McMillan. Got a, a 42.7% okay. K rate last year. He did have a ton of walks. So again, same kind of issues that uh, that Coleman and Klein are both kind of facing as well as Lacey and all these other dudes with electric stuff. I feel like Mc, hopefully McMillan can, uh, can get that kind of harnessed and uh, start producing big time and be just right there in the mix with all of them. That's a good pick. Well, he has, I mean, elite stuff for any level of baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see if he can get healthy because the whammer is a very real thing. And yeah. There are a few of these guys, a guy who I'm getting ready to take with this pick who I would have liked to have taken earlier in the draft, so I'm glad you guys left him on the board for me. I am worried about health concerns. I am worried about the walks, but I am going to take uh, Alec Marsh mm-hmm. uh, with my Ooh, good one. first, with my si- sixth-round pick. And then with my next pick, I'm going to round out my rotation, and I don't know who I'm going to take yet. Because I'm afraid one of these guys is going to start at a little too high of a level, and I'm in you know there could be some regression here. The other one, I'm really excited to see the steps he takes, but I'm not as sold on the pitcher. So I'm kind of torn between the better pitcher at a higher level or a guy who I have right behind him at a lower level. And so I am going to roll the dice on the level here, I think. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't take in a while. Um, yeah, hell, why not? Um, just to get his name out here, if nothing else. I'm going to take Adrian Alcantara against Ooh, the, kind of the better I judgment. Like that. 
sneaky. I he, like it. he just does a lot of really good things. He doesn't walk a ton of batters. He strikes out his fair share of batters. We don't really have a way to set up like an ERA league with like with rolling points here. So I'm not worried about the home runs, uh, so to speak, as much. Um, but I think he's going to throw a lot of innings. I think he's going to strike a lot of dudes out without walking a ton of guys in the process. So hopefully that high A team competes a little better. I hadn't thought about that in terms of getting wins, but I think there's I think there will be a lot of quality starts from Adrian Alcantara again in um, 2022. So yeah. Josh, we are back to you. Um, guy, we, I mean, this is a guy I'm kind of surprised that you kind of let him fall, but give me Daryl Collins, 13.6% walk rate, 14.4% K rate and a 22.3% line drive. Not going to hit for much power, but obviously I have a bunch of that. So I'm kind of trying to balance out the, uh, the average a little bit. Um, so hopefully I can get Daryl Collins kind of cancel out some of those, uh, again, some of those strikeouts that, that these other guys are going to bring to the table and level things out a little bit. That's a good pick. I would have taken Daryl Collins in next year's draft, like in the first or second round. Yeah. Um, I still think we're a year behind the power surge. I think in 2023, he might hit 30 home runs at double A, get close to the big leagues. So I'm a year away on him. Mm-hmm. But I love the pick. I love the kid. Uh, so I, I am rooting for him harder than just about anyone. So we'll see how that plays out. Hoping his speed will actually uh, produce a little bit too. We'll see about that too. Joel, you got two. Okay, so where can you give like an update of like how many of each we've taken? Just so, yep. I, at least for so, me. So Joel, you've it. got Pasquantino, Garcia, Bradley, and Emshoff. You've got four hitters. Okay, and you've got two starters. Okay, Lacey and Heasley. All right, uh, I'm gonna just go with the reliever here. I'm gonna take Jeffrey Del Rosario. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I think. I don't know if he'll. I don't know if they'll send him up to AAA. I think they'll probably keep him in AA because he was still he was the youngest pitcher at the level last year, and he was good uh, at, at, in certain spots. And I think the the stuff is just too good uh, that eventually I think he'll, he'll end up being a really nice closer and probably get some time in AAA this year uh, coming up soon. And then I'm going to take my last hitter. This is certainly a risk, but I'm willing to take it because I think the dude is just too good. I'm going to go with Eric Pena. Mm-hmm. I think the the tools are too loud. The guy is too good of a, a player. I know it's his first full season of affiliated ball, so there's a lot of risk with a 20-year-old in low A. I don't care. I think he's going to break this year. That's interesting pick. I really like it. I really, really like that. That that could, that could either win you the whole damn thing or lose you the whole damn thing. Yep. That, that was <laughs> a – I 100% went full on risk with this, but I yep. – we're doing this for fun, so I can I can take the Absolutely. risk. Absolutely, that's good. And no, I'm betting on you know I'm betting on a, a 20 year old, but it's you know I think he's just too good, man. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna fill out my. I believe it's my last bat spot. I'm gonna get into the speed game with 24 year old John Rave. I feel like he's gonna be oh, starting out pick. in Double A. Uh, he started running into some balls too last year in high yeah. A. 39th highest ISO at 201 last year in high A. So I feel like he's going to run into some balls potentially in double A. And he could really start running up some, uh, some you know, prospect ranking draft or ranking boards as we kind of grew out this season because, uh, I mean, he's got the skill set for it. He should be able to get some helium rising in those, in those uh, rankings and just give me, you know, John Rave to kind of round out my hitters. I'm glad you said that because I, the guy I had typed into my spot already is uh, Tyler Tolbert. Uh-huh. So I am really <laughs> glad that you did not draft um, because I was going to be upset. I was going to uh-huh. be really, really upset with you. Uh, so I'm taking Tyler Tolbert. Um, 55 stolen bases last year. I think he rips off another 40 this year. And Tyler Tolbert has like some sneaky power 11 doubles, seven yeah. triples, six home runs. If he goes into high A where I think he'll start, um, you know, there's good opportunity there to rip a bunch more bags, hit for some power, and then double A is an easy place to hit for some power. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I like Tyler Tolbert a lot, especially in the stolen base department. Um, the next guy I'm going to take, I'm less inclined to love this pick. Um, let's see. I've got four hitters now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know what to make of this, and I'm, I'm really – I'm kind of in a wait-and-see mode. Like, I'm in a holding pattern with this dude, mostly because I don't know where he's going to be. Um, 
like I'm, I'm, I'm almost worried that he won't even be in the organization for very long. No, I'm not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. I thought about taking Gabriel Cancel, but I'm really mm-hmm. afraid he's going to wind up getting cut and won't be in. If he gets cut, he are we playing it? They have to be in the Royals organization, or can can I keep him if he goes and plays for Baltimore? <laughs> I think I think you have to go, and I think the rule should be if you like if that happens, and you go and get like some rookie ball kid. Yep, and just I'm really really throw a dart at the wall. <laughs> Fine, I'm going to take Carter Jensen. There we I go. Thought of, I, I debated as my pick was somewhere between Jensen and Pena, but I don't know. I think Pena is a little more well-rounded, but yeah. Jensen just Jensen can just kill the ball. Yeah, I'm going to bank on some extra base hits there. I wanted to take Edward Olivares too, but I'm 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 kind of wondering if he won't be a fourth or fifth outfielder. On I the think team. he will be. I Especially think he is. If they if they expand rosters for opening yeah. day, like the first week or it's so, twenty eight. It's twenty eight man. So yeah. I think he's going to be on the opening day roster as a fourth or fifth outfielder, and then yep. immediately sent a by twenty nine when rosters go down to twenty six. Because yeah, I'll be we wouldn't have it that. any other way. So I'll take Carter Jensen there, um, and pray that he starts in low A because if he doesn't go until the Arizona League, that could that could really hamper my numbers uh josh you are up that that 28 man rule is really good it could open up some interesting opportunities for guys like lynch and boobich and Coar because you got to think that they don't need that many starting pitchers they don't want them to uh run down they want to keep them stretched out so that could be a sneaky pick to go in omaha but i'm gonna go with jonathan bolin coming off of the tj surgery um it seemed, it seemed like his uh, rehab assignments are going really, really well so far. He'll probably still need to be ramped up and miss like a month or two of the season. But when he hits the ground, man, he was just so good last year and the year before that that I feel like he's going to make up for lost time really, really quickly. Interesting. Really interesting. So you're banking on him being back pretty quick. Yep. Okay. We'll see. Joel, you are up to your last two picks. You are out of hitters. You have... Lacey and Heasley in your rotation. Del Rosario it would be a great relief pick if he if he relieves. Do you want to gamble on him being a reliever? Or do you want to take an actual reliever here for sure, and then another starter? You got two. Yeah, I'm you. I'm going to gamble on him being a reliever. I do think some of the injury concerns he had a 19 and 20, and it you know I don't think he got hurt last year, but I think trying to save his arm, I think they might still do it. This year, I'll, I'll take that risk and think he's still going to be really because I think he has the chance to be an elite reliever. Like, the stuff is that good. And if he's good in that role, then you, you'll roll with it. Uh, like uh, Jeff Pontes talked about, you know, an elite reliever is as valuable as a four or five starter. So at that point, you know, I think he, if you can put him in there and be your seventh inning guy, you're in good shape. I'm going to go with Noel Murdoch to finish out my rotation. He's healthy this year. The stuff is like is ridiculous when he is healthy and he's up into the upper nineties. Uh, it's six eight. Like I, I lo- guys like that are you know I feel like that's a pretty easy pick. I think there's a lot of strikeouts in there. And then my wild card pitcher, give me Ben Kuderna. Mm-hmm. I think he's the the dude that has the best strikeout stuff of those three. And if he really is sitting upper nineties, then I'm going to feel really good about that being the steal of the draft. That's a great pick. Love that. I, if you're going to go Kuderna, I'm going to go Mazzucato. One of these dudes is going to hit, if not both of them. Not, they're not both going to miss. So <laughs> that's just that's just the laws of the all the of the land. So I would give me Frankie Mazzucato. Again, I'm going back and forth on guys being healthy. Like mm-hmm. guys, I want to take. I have to worry about you know their their health concerns. Um. Let me let me look at one thing really quick. Do, 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 do. I don't really want to take another reliever because we've we've built in incentives for guys starting. So I don't really want to take another reliever, but there's a guy that we didn't talk about that I think is like. <laughs> You could talk um, about him too, though. Yeah, because I guess you guys can't pick him. Yeah, screw it. Fine. 
I'm going to take um, beyond my better judgment here. Let's see, I got Veneciano, Klein, Marsh, and Alcantara. Yeah, I'm going to take Nate Webb. Yep. I thought I like about it. him. I think he starts the year in double A, where I think he will dominate everybody. He doesn't mm-hmm. walk a lot of guys. He strikes a lot of guys out. They put him on the 40-man roster, so you have to anticipate there's some opportunity for him. Um, yeah, Nate Webb with my last pick of the draft. So really quick, I'll read through the rosters. Um, I went Brewer, Hicklin, Michael Massey, Nick Lofton, Anthony Veneciano, Will Klein, Alec Marsh, Adrian Alcantara, Tyler Tolbert, Carter Jensen, Nate Webb. Josh went Nick Prado, Angel Zerpa, MJ Melendez, Drew Parrish, Suli Matias, John McMillan, Daryl Collins, John Rave, John Bolin, Frank Mazzucato. And Joel went Vinny Pasquantino, Asa Lacey, Michael Garcia, Tucker Bradley, John Heasley, Kale Emshoff, Jeffrey Del Rosario, Eric Pena, Noah Murdoch, and Ben Kuderna. I will write this up into an article post, actually. That way we can follow it and track it, and I will update it as the season goes along. So I'm glad we got that done uh, before the minor league season officially starts at the uh, sometime next week, actually. Mm-hmm. So we are getting really close, and I could not be more yeah. excited. So No way I lose this. No yeah, way. Like, well, I know there is a way. <laughs> Careful. Yeah, that's so some wishful thinking there, my guy. Yeah, we got like 10 more sleeps and then we get started. So uh, let's pray for good health for all these guys. And then um, I will update periodically as we go. So um, on the other side of this ad break here, we are going to make some bold predictions for the 2022 minor league season. From the beginning, we knew right away that we wanted to do strength conditioning and a throwing program for the baseball and softball community. It wasn't something we were trying to back into or all of a sudden learn. We knew we were really good at these coaching these skills from the get-go. And the fact that we're in the same business and the employees are all on the same page, you know, we can write a program based off of what a kid needs, not just getting him stronger or faster from a general sense. It's what does this kid need? On the pitching end, we can say, hey, this kid needs such and such. He needs to do this or that better. A lot of times it turns out it's not something that needs to be fixed in the baseball cage or on the throwing mound, it actually needs to be fixed in the weight room. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right. Um, 
thanks to our advertisers. I, I really want to really quickly want to throw out Drum Farm. Drum Farm is a foster care center uh, in Lee Summit, Missouri, off of um, that Lee Summit Road. Uh, it's right there by the golf course. Drum Farm has, um, I think, most famously a compass program that is super beneficial for guys who age out of guys and girls, people who age out of the foster care system. In the U.S., we have a great system set up for foster care kids under 18 and then when they age out the statistics get kind of glaring in terms of where they end up uh, because we just kind of throw them out to the wolves on their own right so the compass program at drum farm uh, takes care of kids as they age out of the foster care system as they get into college and start their lives so really cool deal they got running out there uh, thanks to them for partnering with us this year um, been super beneficial for everybody so thanks to drum farm uh, for helping out with the show in 2022 so Really quick, guys. We're going to go in opposite order really quick. We're going to make five bold predictions apiece. We're going to kind of talk about them uh, as we go here. Uh, Joel, we'll start with you this time. Give me one bold prediction for the 2022 minor league season. My first one is one I've thought about quite a bit. Uh, it was, this is one I thought about bringing up on One Royal Way, but I think it's probably better suited for this show. I think Vinny's going to get called up before Nick Prado. I had that on my list too. <laughs> yeah, I I think that is, and and it's not, a, and I don't mean that as a slight to Nick Prado. I think he is he has completely turned his career around, and he is going to be a very good big leaguer. And I think, and Prado certainly has a higher ceiling from a defensive perspective, from a little bit of athleticism perspective, power. But Vinny right now is a more polished hitter. He puts together better at bats. He's not striking out as much. I think he has a chance to be a solid big leaguer out the gate. Whereas I think it's going to take a little bit of time for Nick Prado. So I could see the Royals, if they think they have an opportunity to win games and compete for that third wildcard spot, maybe bring up Vinny because you know he's going to put together some better at-bats in that DH spot. Um, not maybe starting every day, but a guy that can help impact you right now at a, you know, maybe not the ceiling that a Nick Prado can if he reaches that full potential. Interesting. I like that a lot. Yep. I had the same same exact stuff there. Yep. Uh, I think I got to go with my next one is because it's probably one that we've also talked about almost endlessly on this. And I think Asa Lacey is going to lead the upper minors in, in strikeouts this year. I think he also ends up as a top 10 prospect in all of baseball. I think his stuff is incredible. We've talked about that. It was already showing out at high last year at 33.3% K rate, uh, even higher in the Arizona Fall League. And I think that he's still going to have plenty of things to work out as far as command issues go to make sure that his stuff is, you know, harnessed and ready for the major leagues when he hits the ground and makes his debut. Um, so I think he starts out in double A, has that success at some point, does get up to triple A, might get a September call up. But I I mean, they don't have those expansion rosters anymore, so they, they don't have those you know, those debuts in, in late September like they used to. So I think he spends most of, if not the whole uh, season in the upper minors, and he takes the K crown for, in, at the upper minors this year. Interesting. I like that. Um, I think the only way that happens, just thinking about this, is if it's midseason list. Because yeah. if he – I think I, – I said this last year when I wrote up a most likely to be the Royals' number one prospect next offseason – if Lacey's too good, he becomes ineligible in prospect lists. Yeah. So I think if he if he does what you're saying, Josh, I don't think he is even on prospect lists in the offseason. So I'm going to give yeah. you the midseason list there in our in our tally. Deal. Um, top ten prospect by midseason. He's, he's so got a, he got work to do then. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You got, a, you got a ways to go. Um, I'm going to say that Nate Webb will make his big league debut before september so it won't be like a september nice. call up it won't be like a late season edition just throw them in at the end kind of like heasley and zerpa were last year i think nate webb is so good they call him up as a because of a production standpoint so i'm gonna go web debuts um before september so by the end of august uh, we're looking at nate webb as the as a big league reliever in kansas city and for my second bold prediction I have already kind of said this on the podcast. I still think it's considered um, a bold prediction because I don't know how many people – like I have heard two different people now. One was on 810, I think, and the other one was maybe an MLB.com article. 
that mentioned the Royals bullpen and didn't talk about Dylan Coleman in depth. So I'm going to say that Dylan Coleman is being used as the closer. And I know, I know Mike Matheny in the closer role has been kind of arbitrary, but he's being used as the closer by June 1st. So by June 1st, Dylan Coleman will be the relief ace in the back of the bullpen after that bar, whatever Barlow's fireman role is that Coleman will be the closer. I like it. I mean, that's Matheny's type of skill set there, right? Throw, throw heat. We all talked mm-hmm. about Will Klein being in that role too. I believe his name did come up in that same same capacity over the last few weeks too. So mm-hmm. I like it. I, I could I could get on board with both those dudes. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, I'm gonna stick with a, uh, a leader, a king among all minor leagues again, and I'm gonna say Suli Matias leads minor leagues in home runs this year. Uh, we had Melendez do it last year, or is that right? Am I wrong? Yeah, Melendez did it Melendez, last year. I always get him and Prado and Conine uh, all get mixed up because I knew they were in the in the uh, running last year. But I think the Royals system follows it up. We go back-to-back as the minor league uh, leader in home runs for the season, and Matias takes it home. Might Fair not be point. that bold, but, you know. No, I like that. Because, I mean, that would require him to stay healthy, which is absolutely Correct. a bold prediction. Yeah. I mean, he right, had a 301 ISO in Double A last year and just 90 appearances, and that was good for sixth with uh, among players with uh, 90 play appearances. So we'll see. Joel, so you got a couple of similar to your take about Dylan Coleman. I think Will Klein is going to be in the Kansas City bullpen by August. Okay, it might even be earlier than that if we're yeah. being real. Yep, I like it. But he he'll join Amir Garrett, Scott Barlow, Dylan Coleman at the back end of that bullpen, and. All the flame emojis, just Elmo <laughs> sitting in a pit of fire, just all the time. That's it my. Just, if you throw less than ninety-seven, you can't pitch in this bullpen. You've got to go. If you can't hit ninety-seven, you have to go. What Out a welcome, go. welcome sign that is after watching the corpse of Wade Davis throw eighty-eight last year, or Greg Holland doing or the Greg same Holland. thing. Yeah, yeah. Joe, you got Greg, another one. Here. Grinky doing it. Yeah, nah, that's uh, a joke. Yeah, but at least he can. Still. He could spin it really well. Yeah, though. yeah. Um, I think Eric Pena will be knocking on the door of top 100 prospect lists coming up here soon. I, I know that he had, had the fanfare when he was a J2 pick, uh, but I do think some of that kind of fell off when he really struggled in the in the complex league and didn't end up going to Columbia like we all thought he might. But I, I, I like I'm betting on him in our little fantasy league. I think the guy, I think the kid's just too good. And I know how good the hitting development coaches are in the system to be able to get him right and get him rolling. And I think he, the, the tools are just too damn good mm-hmm. that yeah, he's going to be knocking on that door. I don't think he'll end up on the list, but I think he'll at least be on that kind of honorable mention, kind of like Vinny was of like, Hey, this dude is really good and probably would be on this list, but it weren't for, you know, pick a person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I don't hate that at all. Uh, my next one. I always question the boldness of these takes, but this one might might be a borderline boldness as well. I'm going to say MJ Melendez catches more games for Kansas City, the major league team, than Cam Gallagher does. Um, that's, I've, not I've, that's, no. that's bold. Yeah, it's bold. Because I, like I, I mentioned on Twitter a couple of times that the 40-man spots are going to be coming at a premium. We've talked about it a few times that Cam Gallagher apparently has trade value. So I feel like they're going to be looking to move – Gallagher before the trade deadline to a contender that needs some kind of catching uh, catching backup, and I feel like Gallagher is going to be that guy. So then they can use that forty man spot for some of these guys that are you know going to be eligible either in December or if they need to call up a Bobby Wood Jr. to fill up that spot. It could happen prior to the opening day. So uh, at that point, you move Melendez up to the backup catching role. You just spell Salvi a couple days. Apparently, you can roll them out at third base, <laughs> potentially as well. Um, but just it just feels like Melendez is already breaking down the door, having a good spring training so far, and really it's not that long of a road to see ma- uh, major league reps. So I feel like he can absolutely start taking on more uh, games than Cam Gallagher does in 2022. I like that, and I think I thought you were going to say Salvi. I was like, whoa. Okay. I thought like, about whoa, it. But I was like, whoa. I don't think we're there yet. Like that fam, what is that Family Guy episode? He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not my Batman glass. <laughs> is this the third week in a row we've had a Family Guy reference? Might be. 
Seth yeah. McFarland is going to be pissed. I've got, a, I've got a great one for next week, and I cannot okay. wait to share it with you guys. I, well, in fact, if I wasn't afraid of like copyright problems, I would share my screen <laughs> so you guys could watch it with me. But, um. I'm going to throw out, and this is I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why it's a bold take because last year this player, uh, hang on, I gotta go back to batters. I have to go to stolen bases. So last year, Michael Garcia stole 35 bases and hit four home runs. This year, I'm going to say that Michael Garcia is going to steal 40 bases and and hit five home runs. Ooh, look out! I can see it. All five of them. All five. So let the boldness waft over you. Listeners. He's going to be playing in double A, I think, at some capacity this year. So he's going to be moving up a level. He's yep. going to be stealing bases. He's going to steal more bases than he stole last year, hit more home runs. But I'm going to say he gets 40 and five. So I don't know how bold that is, but I think the two of them together qualifies. Yep. Um, I'm also going to say that um, on Hell Zerpa makes more big league starts than Coar and Jonathan Heasley, not combined, just both of them um, in 2022. I think Zerpa is going to come on really strong. I agree with Josh that I think he starts in the minor leagues. I think he starts in Omaha, mm -hmm. but I think he's in the big league rotation by June or beginning of July, and I don't think he leaves. I think he's really good. I think people are overlooking him quite a bit. Um, I'm going to say that Zerpa will make more starts than Coar and more starts in the big leagues than Jonathan Heasley. I, the more we kind of get – the closer we get to opening day, the more you're like, there's like seven or eight guys in this rotation that need a spot. Where the hell are they all going to play? Oakland. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, it's, it's funny you should mention that because I think four of our top 30 guys are going to get dealt prior to the deadline this year. Ooh. Four of Ooh. them. It's going to be a gut punch. It's going to have a lot of reorganization on our rankings. And maybe that comes up in just a second too. But um, I think it's going to be a deal for a couple pieces potentially. And I've got one in mind. I don't think you guys are going to like it, but it feels like something they would do. I think four of the top four, top thirty guys go to Colorado for Herman Marquez and Garrett Hampson. You get you get a I good solid starter, and then you get a good utility guy. Both of them are controlled through twenty twenty four. Feels like Garrett Hampson can be that utility guy, if not a full on starter by then. He's got great speed. Herman well, Marquez, yeah, it, it seemed like his best positions field wise were second base and center field. Does that sound like somebody we know that also is going to be his contract be coming up as well? Um, so I think that that's kind of a deal that could be could be swung for two and a half control two and a half seasons of control um, for four guys in our top thirty is my is my boldness. I like that a lot. That's and and I'm I I'm actually really like Herman Marquez. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got specific. That's that's good. Um, yep. Joel, you've got your final two here. Oh man, I had I was lost in listening to what you guys were gonna say. <laughs> um, let's see here. I've only got two left, so I'm really I'm, I feel good. I don't I don't know if you're gonna get either one of these. Okay, I'll go here. That one of Mazzucato, Kuderna, Panzini ends up in High A before the end of the year. They at least make a couple of starts in High A. Uh, I don't think they're gonna rush these guys. I mean, they're all fresh, you know, out of high school. I know Panzini's a little bit of an older uh, high school prospect but uh, i think they're gonna take those guys level by level but one of them is going to stand out this year and earn that promotion to quad cities by the middle of august get their feet wet get ready for a playoff race because uh, i i'm still going to i'm still going to run with the assumption that quad cities is going to be a playoff team in the midwest league more than likely so i'll go there with with one of those guys i don't know which one kuduna i think feels like the guy but I also think it could be Mazzucato just because of his field of pitch that he's just going to be, without the overpowering stuff, just be better than everybody and just find ways to get dudes out. What do you guys think? I, I'm curious your thoughts yeah. on that. No, I, I agree 100%. And I know we talked about this a, a little bit previously on another podcast. Uh, I don't remember when we did this. Um, I, I, I think all three of them give you at least some elements of a pitcher who could make it. Like you talk about Kuderna's velocity, Mazzucato's pitchability, Panzina's maturity, Panzini's maturity. I think all three have a different aspect that could get them there. They all three have different things that could hold them back. So I think that's a really good play 
um, especially if you can get all three of them. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. And then my last one, uh, I'm going to expound upon it a little more on one Royal way, I think, because I'm going to do uh, just a little teaser. I'll have a Jordan foot on from inside the uh, editor chief inside the Royals. We're going to do our like roster breakdown for the 28 man roster. I think Angel Zerpa is going to break camp with the team. It's gonna and hurt. I think he's going to end up in that fifth spot. It's going to hurt me to my soul, but I, totally I know. understandable. But generally, from the little bits that I've watched, he just looks better than Coar, than Lynch, than Heasley. I, you know, I know he got roughed up a little bit in that second inning today against the Cubs, but he's just looked better. And I think I just don't think Coar can break camp, and I think they probably put him in the bullpen and maybe kind of flip flop Zerpa and and Coar, but I just think that his pitch ability and just the way that he can, it, it's just feel like some, there's something to feel the pitch that it kind of, it's kind of like Chris Bubich in that regard where the stuff isn't overpowering spectacular, but they just get the job done. And at this point, I'd rather have that right now as Lynch, because I still think Lynch has some warts to work out a, a ton. I think Coar still does trying to work in that, that slider, uh, and make his fastball look like the lead, like not like the most disappointing 97 mile an hour fastball you've ever seen. <laughs> I, I think Zerpa is going to be your fifth starter come April 7th. Wow. I like that. It's going to be crazy when that happens. Yeah. And we, I mean, you, you, these last few years, you have Singer, Lynch, Bubich, Kowar, and you still had Carlos Hernandez in the system. And then Zer- Zerpa gets added to the 40 man. We're like, who the hell is on hell Zerpa? Zerpa, Zerpa, and then he becomes the dude that like leapfrogs them all at a twenty-one-year-old, twenty-two-year-old, yeah, and just sets the world on fire. That would be a hell of a story and a real big like uh, feather in Dayton Moore's cap. I think at that point, if that's the case, I that is that is something we can talk about next week because yeah. that's that's going to be a twenty-minute conversation. I think <laughs> let's, let's save that because I'm, I'm I'm like I'm I'm. You you better give me another prediction before I okay. Uh, I've got two, and I really I feel good both good and really bad about both of them. So I'm just gonna go with a guy we haven't talked about much. Uh, he is in our rankings. He's 31 in our rankings, but I feel like by the end of the year he is going to be in the top 20, and that's Tyler Gentry. I think there's gonna be some graduations with Bobby Witt, Nick Prado, Vinny, MJ, Will Klein, and Dylan Coleman. Um, Sprum will probably get added during the draft season, 100%. But I just like his his uh, plate approach. He had a 395 OPP last year, uh, good walk rate in high A. I think that he does K a lot, but you know it is a relatively low swinging strike percentage at 9.6. So I think you know between that, he hit line drives. He can knock in a couple of them. Got a good pull to a swing. Um, so I think that, you know, we could be talking about Tyler Gentry a lot higher in our rankings by this time next year. I agree. And I actually contemplated taking him over Carter Jensen now with all the health concerns, with everything else that goes on. I'm actually, now that I think about it, the way that the Royals have handled their prep catchers in the past, I'm kind of wishing maybe I'd taken them, Uh, (laughs) but I almost did. I almost pulled the triggers. Like, "Ah, I just haven't seen him healthy. It's like, it's hard to. So I am going to start my last prediction with a caveat. I pay attention to four, which way do I need to move it? Four major, pick number three, my lord. Um, (laughs) Four major lists for top 100 is, for me, is Prospects Live, Fan Graphs, Baseball America, um, MLB Pipeline, and I'll even throw Baseball Prospectus in there. Um, Keith Law at at The Athletic does one. Kylie McDaniel does one. So if you pay attention to all seven, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on on five. So I'm gonna throw McDaniel and and Keith Law's list out the window. No, no, I won't. I'll, I'll include them. Let's let's talk about all seven of them. Yeah. And on at least four, four, four <laughs> of those lists by the end of the season, Nick Lofton will be a top 100 prospect. Nice. Um. He doesn't do anything bad. There's nothing that he does that you think, ooh, that's going to be the the biggest reason he doesn't make the big leagues. Like, he hits for enough power, and everything else he does is good. And I don't understand where all this lack of a love for Nick Lofton is coming from. I think he goes to double A, sets the world on fire, and is knocking down the door of the big leagues by August. I really believe he's going to, to 
turn heads in a way that we don't see from not 100 prospects. Like we see this from time to time with guys in the, in the 80 to 100 range where they go nuts and all of a sudden they're top 30 prospects and then all of a sudden they're here. Like I think Chris Paddock did that a few springs mm. ago where it was like he was a fringe top 100 guy, kind of like Lofton a little bit. And he went so he went so nuts. He was on he was like the number one right-handed pitcher on MLB pipeline coming in. It's like, okay, yeah. like there's some clear recency bias here. But I think Nick Lofton goes goes bananas like that. So I'm gonna say he is on four of the major seven top one hundred lists. Yeah. I, I do think that has a very real possibility of happening if he plays center field every day in double A. Which mm-hmm. he's when you look at the the Royals player development page when they post the rosters of all the minor league games, he's in center field leading off every day. If he can do that and be good, I think he's a good. I kind of look at him and I've talked about it before, like him and Kyle Isbell to me are similar athletes and that they are good athletes. I don't think they're everyday center fielder athletes, but if he can prove me wrong there and be that center field prospect that the Royals really don't have, he's going to be on top 100 lists. I I wonder, and I'm just kind of theorizing. I wonder if some of the the lack of love for Nick Lofton is the fact that he's a college player that's a utility guy. Kind of like how kind of like what Merrifield, like yeah. in that in that same regard of well, he can play second, he can play right, he can do all these things, but does he have a set position? What what can we do with him? I do think there is a certain amount of like when you are positionless, that that maybe probably turns some of these scouts off to putting you on like wanting to put you on some of these lists. But Which if, is if hilarious can, because you are absolutely right even though that is a clear pro, like it is clearly Correct. a good thing it, to have. Absolutely. Like versatility is clearly a good thing, but you are yeah. absolutely right. Look, I think scouts do kind of knock that down from time to time. Aren't those yeah. dudes like, don't they get reputations or utilities because they're not great at anything? They're it's like okay a Jack of all trades master of right. none. Right. Sometimes, but like, that's not the case here. It's like Ben, Zobrist. Like ben Zobrist was clearly uh, in his prime, a good infielder. He's just capable yeah. of playing all these other positions. Well, Chris Bryant is clearly a serviceable third baseman can also go play center field pinch. Like yeah. that's not a bad thing to, to like Hunter Dozier is the negative example, right? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. he's so bad. We got to find something athletic. to do with like, this guy. He's athletic enough to figure it out, but he is not good at any one position. So I really do- quick, I'll read through all five. Joel, uh, Vinny called up before Prado. Klein is in the MLB by August. Pena is back in top 100 lists. One of the 22 prep arms makes high A. Uh, class of 22 prep arms and I that's 21 not 22 so one of the class of 21 prep arms will reach high a and then Zare prepper will break camp with major with the MLB team uh Lacey will Josh said that Lacey will lead double a triple a and strikeouts uh and be a top 10 prospect by midseason Matias will lead minor league baseball and home runs MJ will catch more games in the big leagues and Cam Gallagher Four of our top 30 prospects. We traded to Colorado for Marquez and Hampson, and Tyler Gentry will be in our top 20 by the end of the year. My five, Nate Webb will debut by September. Dylan Coleman is the closer by June 1st. Michael Garcia will steal 40 bases and hit five home runs. Angel Zerpa will start more games in the big leagues in Coar and Heasley. And Nick Lofton will be on four of the major seven top 100 lists by the end of the season. Did anybody have anything else on their list? Josh, I know you said you had one more. Go ahead and just throw it out there. We won't. I have uh, Isbell has more plate appearances for the Royals than Michael A. Taylor in 2022. Oh, whoa. Why didn't you throw that out there? (laughs) Because I didn't feel great about it when I started looking through my logic here. It was like, I think they eventually become a platoon in center field. And I feel like with Isbell being the lefty on that, they're going to see more righties. So therefore get more plate appearances. Obviously, there's going to be an injury somewhere in the infield, which is going to push Whit Merrifield back into the infield. And at that point, you have Dozier, who who knows where he's going to be in the mix. Olivares is also going to be in the mix. But I think Kyle Isbell is kind of showing what you know what he did at the end of the season last year and what he's doing in spring training now. He, he's just earning that spot. So I think he's going to be in the conversation a lot more this season. And I feel like it's going to be pushing Michael A. Taylor to that fourth outfielder role. Uh, by the end of the year. Wow. Okay. I The only other one I had is that Brewer Hicklin um, will, and I don't feel great about this, but um, the only one I thought about, and I, I don't even want to say it, and there's a reason I didn't pick it, is if I really, if you really wanted me to be bold, like on a one and a one million bet, 
you know, you give me a free hundred dollar bet to win a hundred thousand dollars. Brewer Hicklin goes thirty and thirty. Woo! I think for, I for think Omaha? he plays. I think he plays in Omaha so much that he yeah. just he'll hit twenty five real home runs and five that are Omaha home runs are twenty and ten. I mean, Omaha has some spots where you can get some cheap home runs, and there's a few parks in that league. You can get some cheapies, and I think he'll steal 30. Especially so. when they still kind of have a juice. Uh, had the super happy fun ball there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> super happy fun ball. The super happy fun ball, yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to say, and I, ah, man, I meant to actually draft this. And so I, I believe this. This one I believe we will I, – I won't add it to my predictions, but Brewer Hicklin will win his fourth ring in four years in Omaha this year. Ooh, I, I think like Omaha is winning – I think Omaha is winning the AAA crown. Um, the, they're in the international the, league, not the PCL now. So that's yeah, correct. Be. I think they will be. Um, I think by the end of the year, it'll be Massey, it'll be Lofton, it'll be uh, Hicklin, it'll be uh, maybe Michael Garcia, maybe not. Um, but I think you're gonna have a lot of firepower there. I mean, the, yeah. the big league arms they can only have so many, yeah. So, unless they, unless you say, like you said, Josh, unless they make a big trade, that team is going to be loaded, mm-hmm. uh, from that double A team last year, and I think. Um, even some guys from the high A team last year will make their way up. So I think Omaha wins it. Brewer Hicklin, by the way, if you if you didn't know, 2018 wins it in Lexington, 2019 in Wilmington, 2021 at double A. Um, and then I think he will win his fourth ring at Omaha this year. So he gets it at every level um, in minor league baseball. So there's that's really all I had tonight. So I'm my, wondering my if last that one... falls under the intangibles. Like Brewer Hicklin has to get a roster spot because all he does is win rings. It's a, it's a good like good luck charm, I guess. So my last one, the minor like, leagues. I, I didn't pick this one because I think it's kind of silly, but I think I don't think it's a, a terrible thought exercise. Um, if the Royals are in enough contention that they think they can get that third wild card spot, uh, because we know the way the Royals like to play baseball when they're in uh, contending baseball, Tyler Tolbert, Tyler Tolbert will get called up a la Terrence Gore. I, like I love it. it. I cannot yeah, wait. That's good stuff. I, I wish. Those of you who don't know Tyler Tolbert, I'll go find some video. The dude can fly. fly. <laughs> Holy cow, he can run. 55 stolen bases, caught stealing twice. What? What? That's crazy, Tom. Yeah. So, so, that, that, I got so if if it's September baseball and the Royals are actually playing playoff ball, Tyler Tolbert's going to get called up and be that pinch runner that gets three at-bats in an entire month, and he steals 15 <laughs> bases. And those are on accident. That's yeah. three more at-bats. and <laughs> Yeah, no, I get it. Um, big thanks tonight to KCSC and Drum Farm for partnering with us this year on the show. Um, big thanks to KCSN for having us. Tune in next week. We're going to break down what we anticipate will be the minor league roster. So hopefully they're out because that's what we're planning on doing next week. So uh, stick around next week. We'll break down the minor league rosters. Um, who's in Omaha? Who's in Northwest Arkansas? Quad Cities, Columbia. Are there any surprises? Anybody left off? Anybody who's on that we maybe didn't expect? So. Uh, stick around. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Like, subscribe, review, share, send it to your neighbor, send it to your friend. Um, go grab your grandma and grandpa's phones, download the podcast to their phone. I don't care if they listen to it or not. They got to download, subscribe it. So uh, thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon. We'll see you guys later.